Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian, joined as always by my good mate Lockie. And for the first time <sighs> on the podcast, I can say that Carlton has won a final, defeating Sydney by six points in a gutsy elimination final win. Lockie, mate, how are you? <laughs> and to, to kick things off, just take me through your emotions, how you felt and, and what this experience has been like for you. Gee whiz, I think we're going to be able to go on for hours and hours. So I'll try not to get too into it. But as you can see, my voice, or as you can hear, my voice is still recovering a little bit. We're a few days on, but almost lost my throat there at a few stages uh, with just pure elation because, yeah, I can't think of many happier times being mm. a Carlton fan than this one, I think. Yeah, I've definitely been the exact same. And I think every Carlton supporter has where... There's just so much building into this, so many years, so much just in 2023 going into this contest, first final 10 years, finally, mm. just the elation, just the pure joy of, and it's it's hard to get too ahead of yourself because it only is just a finals win. And obviously we want more. We want multiple finals. I want a grand final win. That's the ultimate goal, but when we haven't had this for so long and this has been just one goal that we've wanted to obtain, both of us have mm. said multiple times on this podcast at length that we've only really seen two finals wins. We've only been at one final win. So to add another yep. to that, you just can't not be happy and just you can't take the smile off my face every two seconds. I'm thinking about a new moment <laughs> from that game and yeah. it's just such a special time to be a Carlton supporter. Truly, truly. Oh, my God. You're right. There's so many moments. As I was thinking about preparing for this, it's like, yeah, there's so many things you can pull out of this game, so many individual performances, mm. the whole team. And, yeah, I think, like, if if I'm being completely brutally honest with you and, and everyone listening, I think there was a small part of me that was like, and I had to tell myself this during the game or else I wasn't going to make it through. I was like, if we do lose this game, I'm still proud of these guys mm. for how they've turned the season around we were gonna sack vossi we were gonna take the capsi off crips like it was so bleak mm. we've at least made it here and got this monkey off the back so that was kind of like deep in me mm. but so when we actually got over the line it was just like euphoric genuinely <laughs> that's the word that is the word and so look before we launch oh. into this review i want to go back to the start of this um i really want to get your full experience, because it's a podcast, we're talking about ourselves, we're talking about our own experiences, and I kind of want our stories to lead to hearing the listeners as well. So if you're watching on YouTube, yeah. I want to hear about your pre-game, how you felt going into this, and your whole experience for the game. Drop it in the comments below if you're listening yeah. in podcast form. Head over to the socials, at Navy Blue Corner. Slide into the DMs, tweet at us, do whatever you need to do. I want to hear everyone's story, because that's kind of what makes this fun like we get to share ours and then you guys mm. get to share yours as well and we can kind of all communicate them together so lucky it's been 10 years a full decade <laughs> since we last played a final 12 years since both of us actually went and saw us win a final it's also been a while since you actually saw a Carlton game live <laughs> in the flesh because of that's your true, European adventures. So kind of walk me through your pregame experience yeah. or what were you feeling at the time? 
Oh, I love that. Yes, it was a long time coming as well, just being back at the beautiful MCG as well. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, it was a very special game for us. Um, asked my grandpa to come with us, which he turned down at first. He, like a lot of us, gets far too stressed watching the Blues. Um, he even often just won't even watch them on the TV because he just gets too stressed mm. out and he has to watch the replay if he knows that we won. Um, and I sent out a tweet saying that, yeah, the last final he went to was actually a prelim in the early 60s, which is just <laughs> insane because he's, a, been a, he's been a mad Carlton man his whole life. And, yeah, he just c- couldn't bring himself to go to those stressful games. So managed to pull him along. Uh, we had lunch on Ligon. Uh, plenty of Carlton oh. action around there. Um, popped into Icon Park as well. He had a look at all the old memorabilia and obviously all the cups and everything there. So that was a nice little praise. And then, yeah, I think once I saw the G as we were like driving up, that was the first point where I was like sick in the stomach. I think I probably was texting with you and Baz and it was like, okay, now I'm actually nervous. I think you, I think you might have tweeted out being like, I'm not, I'm, when are the mm. nerves supposed to hit? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not hitting yet. And once we saw the ground, it was like, yeah, here we go. And uh, yeah. It was all on from there. Mm, it was, yeah, you touched on it there. And I wanted to mention this because I am normally a very stressed human being and particularly around <laughs> football at the games. I am just, I'm similar to you, Lockie, nervous wreck, panicking, immediately yeah. catastrophizing everything, doom and gloom for as much as I try to be as positive as possible and at times there is that but in the back of my head my brain's just thinking of all the worst possible scenarios and i'm freaking out but it was the weirdest most surreal feeling all day leading up to it it was a calmness about me and the weirdly it was an unsettling calm because i feel like the calmness was (laughs) freaking me? me out not the actual scenario i just I wasn't stressed out about the game and and I saw your message saying I, as soon as I saw the G, that's when it all hit and I was expecting that as soon as I walked in yeah. that all these nerves and the build-up would hit me. But I don't know if anyone else was like this and maybe it was just me telling myself, it's been 10 years, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Just try to take everything yeah. in, enjoy the moment and just embrace the environment, embrace it all because... I feel like in other moments, I maybe take them for granted. And because I'm stressed, I don't mm. fully take it in. Whereas I was maybe the yeah. conscious effort did something because walking into the ground, there was no nervous energy. It was just all smiling. I was just so happy about everything, getting to my seat, just trying to take in the atmosphere and all the pregame stuff, the anthem, you got the, the yeah. banner, which How I want to touch on at one stage. Like every single oh. part of it was just me sitting there like a pig in shit, just so happy. I'm like, this is the greatest. Like, we don't even have to bounce the ball. Like, I'm just stoked that this is yeah actually happening. I, I didn't believe that this was going to happen this year. And so for us to get to that stage, we're playing in a final, it was a surreal environment. How good was that omen with the banner? Oh. That was the first, that was the point where I first yeah. fired up. I was like, this is a, this is a good sign. That was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. Not just because Sydney's banner collapsed off one side before, but and I don't think I've heard anyone talk about this. But I know you're going to say Sydney's song played 
They, they, how many times did they have to play this song before the boys realized we should probably leave the change rooms? Oh. At one stage, you're going like, it was beautiful, wasn't it? Because you, you may won't understand this niche reference, but hopefully there'll be a couple. But it's a <laughs> big trope in like professional wrestling that like when a bloke comes out to his entrance, the entrance plays, and you're like, okay, he's coming out, and all of a sudden. He doesn't come out. They sort of keep going through the song and it'll it'll show right. backstage and all of a sudden he's been beaten down and he can't go to the go to the wrestling <laughs> match. I was hoping right. that that would happen when they'd pan to it. It's like, <laughs> Sydney, you're all knocked out. Something's happened. They can't play the game. Carlton's won by default. Our good's this. But half the blokes <laughs> didn't have their jumpers on. They didn't look prepared. So funny. And maybe that was an omen for the game because a massive quick start by the Blues, kicking the first two goals. Yeah. of the game what did you make of the start and did you expect us to oh come out God. firing and kick the first couple of goals i think i had zero expectations <laughs> of what was going to happen i was just kind of like you i was like whatever is going to happen will happen um and you know i was up and about with the doc goal but when mm. that charlie goal went through <laughs> like i was yeah I'm, I'm very lucky that where i was sitting there was probably about four Sydney supporters that I could see and then about 10,000 Navy Blues. So I could kind of just go off as much as I wanted and uh, without fearing the consequences. I was I was weirdly thinking the same thing, although the bay to my left was all Sydney. It was probably one of the only right. three bays in the whole MCG that was Sydney, <laughs> but I was in the middle of mine and to the whole right, it was just all baggers so i definitely didn't feel like there was any issues throughout but i mean what a better way to start there was so many thoughts going through my head before the game thinking like who what's the best possible scenario who kicks the first goal that gets the crowd up the most and part of me is going just make it a charlie goal that'll be beautiful maybe a cripper out of the middle i didn't even contemplate doherty but i think that was just it's a special okay. moment. Everything he's been through, well-documented. For him to get that moment to kick things off, then into Charles, I maybe got a bit ahead of myself. We kicked those two in the first minute and a half, and I'm going, we're winning oh, yeah. this by 100 points. Sydney aren't going to score here. And oh, yeah. it maybe didn't pan out that way for the full game, and I will get into some specific moments throughout this episode because I want to hear your thoughts on it all. Yep. But... But I think for us to hang on and clinch this finals win, how big is that for you, Lockie? What, and, and what were your kind of key takeaways, I guess, from this game and the actual result? We'll get into all the key fun moments at one stage, mm. but just as a whole, to do it in the way we did, to get that win, what does that mean? I think it has. it will just grow every individual in this team and the team as a whole, like the way that each of the players was speak, like obviously celebrated Mm. spoke, like listening to each of them speak after the game. They're just like, you've just never seen this confidence in these guys. The way that Cripper's talking about all this, like he's just like, this has just taken him to another level that we didn't even think was probably Mm. possible. And how can this not just give you so much faith that no matter what happens on Friday night, we are going to be one mm. of the best teams in the league next year? Yeah. That's that's what it tells me. I agree. And 
again, whatever's going to happen next Friday against Melbourne is going to happen. The one issue probably throughout our probability to get maybe a little negative on winning the grand final this year is simply that we didn't make top four and your chances of being able to make a grand final and win one outside the top four is difficult due to having to play more games, not getting the rest and not getting that home preliminary final is that other big factor. Having to go to Brisbane if we beat Melbourne is always going to be a tough task. And I don't want to just sound super negative and go, oh, just because we're playing Brisbane if we beat Melbourne, that that means we're going to lose because I think if this team has shown you anything that whoever we play, we've got what it takes to win games. The players are there. The moments are there. The guts and determination is there. And and that was the big takeaway for me. You know, it wasn't a perfect performance by any stretch of the imagination, but in finals, and we've had such limited experience watching them, particularly from a Carlton point of view, but trying to analyze from a higher level, looking at other games as well. It almost just doesn't matter how you win these games. No one is going to look back at this and go, gee, Carlton almost lost this game, blah, blah, blah. It's just, we won the game. The history book showed we won and it's just about getting over the line and to then do it in the way that we did, where we showed we've got, such a good high level to the way we play. But with some imperfections, there was the determination, guts and heart to hold on. Mm. I think it's just massive for those players to then experience this again, like they did in season through that nine game winning stretch of holding on and clinging on to those massive wins in do or die games to now do that in a final after what's happened last season for these boys. Like you mentioned, the confidence now, for these lads, sky's the limit, yeah. genuinely. Yeah. It's actually interesting you bring that up. It's a, I feel like that's a concept I've grappled with a bit over the last couple of years. Because last year, maybe one of my worst takes ever was at the start of the year, I was pretty confident that the Pies were not going to be a super strong team. Mm. And then they just, obviously, as we all know, kept somehow managing to win all these games, just, just hanging on. And it's, been proven now like they've obviously backed it up this year Mm. they are a a good strong team and i and i just it was hard for me to be convinced that you know Mm. that determination whatever you want to call it can just will you over the line and that's where we're at like we've gone from losing those games to like yeah you can call sometimes it's lucky things like anderson missing the goal a few weeks ago but it doesn't matter like we've got the w and we just keep continuing to get them yeah, it's it's almost as if my analysis, I guess, drawing that comparison that you just made is potentially more around the positions that we've put ourselves in. I feel as if in a lot of the games, we've given ourselves the lead in a lot of these yeah. contests and we've almost been holding on rather than, and I don't know there's a few instances of us doing it in the reverse of being the ones to kick that final goal to mm. regain the lead. But the element of playing better football, of not not feeling like we're stealing a win. Like this True. game for me felt as if we were the better team. Yeah, it was seesawing yep. a bit. There were moments where Sydney were on top. But for the large stretch of that game, you can ask a neutral and they would say, look, Carlton probably were better and 
yeah, you can yeah. cop them winning because of those factors. And that probably gives me a bit more confidence around just what we can achieve because of the, the amount of tight games that we have won in mm. that it feels a bit more deserving. It wasn't as if we were snatching it at the last minute. Yep. It was. It felt a little bit more controlled, even though maybe the end of this game didn't feel super controlled. <laughs> yeah, no, well said. You're right. That There is that difference there. But regardless, we just keep racking them up, which feels good. Definitely. Crazy. And a, a big feature of this game in particular, I think, keen to get your thoughts, Lockie, and the thoughts of the listeners as well. Yeah. Drop it in the comments. Let us know at Navy Blue Corner on socials. Is that I felt that we got a lot out of our role players, and I felt that that yeah. was a big reason in why we won this game. Probably not a very hot take. I've definitely seen it around a lot. Yeah. But how big a role in the win do you think their performances played considering i guess guys like charlie harry you could even maybe say crips to an extent throughout the game maybe didn't have as large an impact that we thought they'd maybe have in a final and whose performances from those lesser lights would you like to highlight as well Oh God, there's so many of them. I mean, yeah, like a lot of people are talking about this and and this is one of the reasons why I feel so good going into this Friday as well because Mm. like the guys that you mentioned, obviously Harry's not going to be playing, but Doc's probably another one that I put in that boat where I'm like, yeah, like he played played well, but I probably, you know, we can get an even better game out of Doc next week. Um, Yeah. Oh my God. Where like... Give me a name. Who who do we even start with? Maddie Cottrell. He's my three vote man. <laughs> what a what a game. Did you he just did, you, did not put a foot wrong? When you were, I guess, thinking about this game, we touched on it a little bit in the build up in the combined twenty-three episode, looking back mm. at the twenty thirteen squad and the squad now, discussing maybe guys in finals that we don't expect them to step up and have a big moment. It seems to always happen. Every team has that guy in a finals game that you don't expect him to have a big one. And all of a sudden this maybe, and not to be too rude, but I'm just throwing it out there. But the bottom six kind of player steps up and all of a sudden has one of the better games. Was Matty Cottrell a name that you ever considered to have such an influential performance? Well, like I think we kind of fenced that in our preview. We were like, every one of these blokes could be that guy Mm. on his day. But also Cottrell... Yeah, like the Vossi has spoken so much about like how important he is throughout the season. But there's been times throughout the season where we're like, oh, is he best a best twenty three mm. guy? Um just insane. Could have kicked three goals if that one mm. just went to the other side of the post. And um I mean I've I've got my four favorite moments written down and the third one is his was his chase down, which was just so so crucial. Mm. Like if if Gordon had managed to somehow get a goal kicked there, like it could have been a very different story. And that's all, that's all Cotters. Mm, no, he was someone that I think if you look back at the build up show, I think I dropped him for the game, which I'm glad Vossi doesn't listen to me, to be honest, because he's kind of that fringe player where he has been fine and he's had some good games, had some lesser yep. games this season. It was more around like, oh, what's his role? What is he actually offering? And I think as soon as you take maybe Hollands out of this team, his role steps up. And yep. 
to see a guy who Carlton supporter at heart as well step up in that. You moment, know, we love a childhood bagger. He's got, he's got the energy to do it, but I wasn't sure he had that in him. And his spark in the first half was ridiculous. The two goals almost got the third. There was definitely one bay that I think their line of sight. Looked like must have looked like it went in because yeah, one bay was going ballistic, and I've gone. I'm pretty sure that didn't go in. I had to double check there, but it just massive when you needed a goal. That's I think that sliding one was my favorite of his goals, where it was so calm and just right. it was so silky. Just slides, picks it up, goes past one, oh, and it just so hot. wobbles, wobbles in. I was very fortunate that my view just saw that slowly. You go in, it was like time stopped. And and then, like you said, to then back up that massive first half with when you need someone to step up and, and chase down and, and create a moment, that chase down tackle on, on Errol was just, it's a moment that we're now going to to think about and talk about for years to come. And, and that's yeah probably where my excitement comes from the most in this game. We've had such limited finals to talk about we've had two yeah we've had the, i was thinking about this we've had the Essendon game we've had the richmond game and now we've got the sydney game and that's still not enough we need more than this and i know we <laughs> will get more than this but that is that's going to be one of those performances that we speak about in such highlight um another one I, I really wanted to touch on was caleb marchbank very yeah. Very under the radar performance. Another one I maybe didn't have in the team going in, but I just thought his <laughs> courageousness. Maybe the 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 what you need to do is make sure I'm dropping you this week, and uh-huh. then throw those guys into the team because they're going to play well. Just thought he was incredibly courageous. Fought hard all day, and there was so many little moments where we needed someone to take a mark in defence or at least put some body on. He seemed to be one of those guys along with the weedering and the guys we expect. But when I maybe wasn't maybe wasn't expecting Marchbank to be that guy, for him to step up the way he did, put his putting mm. his body on the line, I just thought was was such a testament to him knowing he's had so many issues with his yep. body. For sure. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. There was so many impressive moments. And yeah, I guess his confidence will just continue to build too right like where there's no reason that he can't be doing performances like Mm. this every week like this is what we were hoping we were going to get from him pre-injury really uh, 100 it's exciting to see did you have any other names that you'd like to highlight of more of these role players well i mean i'll I'll just throw kemp in as well with the three there like with margin winners and kemp like he's now just so like just he hardly puts a foot wrong too. Like obviously there was the little TDK one, two, <laughs> but if you take that out of your memory, like just so, mm. so good. Other than that. Um, I mean, yeah, I know I'm doing spoilers for votes, but if Cotra was my best on ground, then I had acres second oh. um, watching the replay, particularly like the second half was just like Blake acres half. Um, mm. And it just adds to it as well. Like how clearly, saw that man was and just dealing with that shoulder and how he bombed that ball forward into space. And then he's almost the first one there and he's helping fog with the tackle and grabbing his shoulder or collarbone or whatever. It's like, man, this guy, third round Mm. pick or whatever it was that we future third. How good. See you later. 
what a pickup. And, and Akers was someone that had a bit of a shaky start to his Carlton career, started really well, dropped off, and it was almost as if any time Blake Akers got the ball, it was a turnover midway through this year. When we weren't playing yeah. well, he certainly wasn't playing well. But what, what we were all hoping for, I think, with Blake Akers is when you looked at this team, one, we needed a winger. We needed an experienced body on that wing that knew how to do it. But there was also a bit of, wow, look at what he did last season for Freo in finals. He was by right. far their best player in all of those games. Yeah. And that's insane to think about when you do look at that Freo team. You wouldn't say that Blake Akers is probably you know top five out of the guys you, you think you're going to get an impact from. But yep. his willingness to work and clearly with that shoulder collarbone causing him some discomfort and, and we'll touch, we'll touch we'll talk about what he yeah. did maybe that's a bit of a Freudian slip for for what he was able to accomplish throughout that game it's on the brain but his coverage of the ground is insane I'm not sure I've seen yeah. many players be able to do that and it's it's clear how much wingers play a role in what we're trying to get out of this game saving us one way kicking goals the other massive massive moments from a guy like Akers and yeah, that is one of the best performances I think I've ever seen him play, and that that's big because you need that experience in finals. Knowing we we don't have a lot of it, knowing we've seen it again, you just think, like, wow, how did we get this guy mm. for a future third? It's crazy, isn't it? And yeah, the the running is a great point. Like him and Cottrell uh, in that same boat with a bunch of others. Where I feel like three or four years ago when we spoke about like our mid wing line mm. like the defensive running was something that we just looked at and we were like mm. man like no one's trying like yeah. to stop anything going back the other way and it, that's what put so much pressure on the defenders and it you know nothing was working together and yeah so mm. those two guys like you got the the walshy moment where he ran back to help the defenders out like it just finally feels like mm. we're all working in unison and actually playing like a proper team which is just beautiful 100% agree. I think that along with that and the defensive running and, and capabilities around it, it just, you touch on it beautifully. It allows everyone else to be so connected and defend yeah. as a team because Akers and, and the players trusting, knowing that Akers will track back allows a guy maybe like a Newman to push up and take that intercept mark. Totally. Saying, oh, you've got my man. The communication seems to be so much better. Weedering was a big proponent of this, I felt, where he was trusting the guys around to make the right decisions to say, no, I've got to peel back off and and run deep and be that last defender. And so many different yep. players were able to change their yeah. opponents and say, no, you can take him. I've got this. And, and knowing that we've got those defensive runners definitely helps that. I just wanted to give a big shout out to a guy that was maybe mentioned in that Acres tackle. It was Fogarty. He... Yeah. Game high eight tackles. We knew that that oh. was something that he was going to bring. He's not someone that's going to get a ridiculous amount of touches. He may not necessarily add to the goals off his own boot, but the forward yep. pressure that he brings when he gets pushed up high around the contest, he has been such an important cog throughout this win streak to get us into finals, bringing the pressure, bringing the intensity, and just playing that defensive yeah. pressure role and uh, having a guy like him in finals 
I wouldn't have predicted him to be anywhere near a Carlton team that would win a final, but it's a credit to what he's able to do and the, and the role that they've carved out for him. It's it's great to see. What did you make of Fogarty? I feel like we need to go back to our like best 22-23 at the start of the season. And did we even would we have even said his name? Like I don't even know if we would have no. put him as like a oh snub or like oh maybe. Mm. It was like he was one of the first guys where it's like oh he probably won't be here next year. <laughs> just crazy. No, it's, you're not it's wrong. Just, it, it I guess it show it shows again how little we know from the outside just from what we see on game day and VFL game day that someone can do this and come into the team and like. Yeah, he is so undroppable because he's just something different. Something different. Mm. Doesn't need to have 20 touches to have such an impact, like you said. No, he was definitely someone that I think when we were doing depth charts, even throughout the year, one, we weren't really sure where his position was. We're looking at the midfield saying, well, he's nowhere near that. Small forwards, he got plenty of those. I just, I don't see him anywhere near this. Death chart is... He's nowhere. I'll actually, I'll try and find this, see if I've still got this, of our depth uh, chart end of last oh, season. Oh, no. Can I find him on the board? I'm actually, this He's is a hard expose thing. Us. I can't even find his name currently, which is oh, not no. ideal. You'd already delisted. I'm pretty sure we didn't maybe even have him on our end of 2022 one. We've actually probably forgotten the man. Started 2023. We had him at the bottom of our small forwards and half forwards, basically behind Josh Honey. I think that kind of tells you all you need to say about where his kind of performances were at, where his role was at. And now all of a sudden we're looking at him going, gee, such an important cog to how we play finals football. Strong contested. You need tackle pressure. I absolutely love it. So I want to get in talking Crazy. a little bit about the game. This is probably going to be a long review, but I want to make sure we get Let's do it. onto everything. First half, a little bit different to the second half. We've, we've mentioned mm. the fast start. We're obviously up by 29 points at the main break. What did you kind of make of that first Half. Did you feel the dominance? Mm. Were you pretty confident that we'd go on with it? Did you see any issues maybe that were a cause for concern, knowing that eventually, <sighs> in hindsight, Sydney did end up working themselves back into the contest? Where were you mm. sitting, I guess, at <laughs> halftime? I was definitely very confident. Um, I definitely felt more like this is going to be a 50-point win than I did a one-goal game. Um. They'd kicked two goals, hadn't yeah. they? In a half. Yes. Like. And, and <laughs> one they late missed... as well. Exactly, right? They missed a lot of opportunities too, though. So I guess that is kind of like a little bit of a, a warning mm. sign. Like Warner, like the one that Warner missed on quarter time, which was the biggest gimme, uh, you know, like free kick ever. Like he should be slotting those ones. Um, yeah, so I, I was feeling pretty confident. I thought we were getting goals in different ways. I liked when we were doing the systematic short kicks through the ground. I like when we were taking risks, mm. even though they don't always pay off. Um, so there honestly wasn't a whole lot of there, there wasn't a whole lot of warning signs mm. for me, I suppose. But I know that you're going to have some. <laughs> yeah, it was it was 
Definitely not to that degree. I was still feeling very confident. There wasn't still a lot of nerves at this stage and potentially the scoreline yeah. helped that. I did think that the game was a little bit closer than the scoreline suggested. More okay. around, I felt like our midfield maybe wasn't having the dominance I anticipated. I thought that would yes, be the area definitely. that would maybe dominate this game. Sydney still have a really good midfield, but... I thought ours would be better. I thought the contest was the win and maybe we'd get hurt on the outside where it almost felt like sure. that was the opposite. I thought Sydney were winning the contest, but we were doing better on the yeah. counter, moving the ball on the outside, which was a weird flip reverse of it all. But I think what was still giving me confidence was I noticed that we we weren't perfect. There were still some issues. The best part of our game was down in that clearance work. Whereas, yep. and our defense was still so, so strong. I thought the way we yeah, that's, get up behind that's the ball, it. we just, they missed a lot of opportunities, Sydney, but we weren't giving them great looks at goal. It was very similar to no. what we were maybe having to deal with throughout the, the bad patch this season where you're chipping around outside 50, but you're still having to take a shot from 45 out on a ridiculous angle. There wasn't yeah. any clear-cut, yes, 100%, this is a gimme. Conversely, we were nailing all of the more difficult shots, which feels so unlike Carlton. We were nailing the set shots, building the scoreboard pressure. So I thought, yep. look, it's a bit, it's still close. It's because their midfield's still playing well. I think third quarter's going to decide the game. There's a chance they can come back into it. But for the whole, we, we continue get goals out the back, we're going to be winning this game easy. And I, I definitely yeah. didn't predict the end to this game that, that transpired, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that's, now that you mentioned it, that was, I guess, the thing that gave me so much confidence was how impenetrable our defense mm. just felt. And so even though they were up in, in, the, in the contest game, I was like, well, if we just, like, who is going to, steal this game from us mm. in the yeah. forward line. Um, yeah. It's hard to, to, when you're looking at, you know, Heaney didn't do anything that whole game. Papley, nowhere really yeah. to be seen. Those are the guys you kind of worry about. And when we're able to, to, to do such a good job to stop those guys, you definitely start to think, well, it's it's Errol. Is seems like the guy that's doing everything for them. God is good. One person isn't going to win you a game, but we will touch on the second half, particularly the last 10 or so minutes of this game later on. But I want to pivot mm. and head towards something that you were touching on just a little bit earlier. I want to have some fun. Let's talk about the positives. What were some of your favorite moments from this game? Some that hopefully we can look back on in 10 years and say, remember that... <laughs> Remember that one final out of the 10,000 that we played in the last 10 years? The, the first one that felt the a bit more special because exactly. it was the first one. Uh, what are some of your favorite moments that you're happy to look back on and reminisce? Yeah, that's great. I love that. First of many. Um, like I said, I think the the Charlie goal, like just the, like the whole crowd finally, I guess, that was like the moment mm. after we you know, kicked the first two. Um, and the Cottrell chase down. We've kind of already spoke about those. Um, I mean, have to talk about the Crips goal. Yes. Because, oh. you know, a bit of a bit of a lucky free kick, potentially. Uh, yeah. 
The Sydney Bay next to me were not happy with a few decisions, I tell you what. You were struggling potentially with some um, St. Kilda fans at the GWS St. Kilda (laughs) game, maybe not knowing the rules. It was so (laughs) funny, the reactions of all the Carlton fans around me, anytime the Sydney fans would be jumping up and down for a free kick that like, like, obviously everyone's biased and I was having a lot of fun yeah. kind of giggling at how biased we were, how biased they were, and just the polarizing reactions of someone literally sitting two meters away. If that, I love that, totally. but there was some that they were getting like, there was some of them about to jump off like level two to run onto the field <laughs> to the umpires. And I'm going like, have you read any rule book? That is so yeah. clearly just not a free kick. So I was having a bit of a giggle to that, but probably the cripple one, very lucky to get that free kick. I did want to yeah. see that in our preview show, in our match build-up, we went through the what do you want to see from this game. Here we go. And one of mine was hoping, and I actually didn't think this was going to happen, but I was like, you know what needs to happen? You know who deserves a big moment, a big captain's goal? It's Cripper. And I think context of that third quarter, yeah. all of a sudden, Sydney, get back into it. We need some goals for Cripper to nail a tough set shot that he's missed so many times in his life, to turn to the crowd, give it the let's fucking go. Was that the loudest roar for the game or was there anything that topped that one for you? Oh, that's really hard. I feel like the the final siren probably had to beat it, but I think this was a close second Mm. because, yeah, there's probably a lot of surprise, like you said, around the ground. Where it was like, he turned back the clock to 2022, set shot Cripper. And he's like, let me just dob this. Mm. Unbelievable. I'll do you think, do you th- obviously the crowd was such a big thing that we maybe haven't gone as in depth on that we maybe should have and the impact that had on the game as a whole. Was yeah. that such, how important was not only Cripper nailing that and it being Cripper, but just yeah. the crowd noise for some of those goals and some of those moments, do you think that that played a, a large role in getting us over the line? Yeah. Boosting I, the confidence I, of these lads? I definitely think so. And and they and they've reiterated that point in, in the words that the players have said and, and I and I mm-hmm. believe them. Like I think we're pretty fortunate. Like we kind of spoke I think maybe we spoke about this after the podcast last week. Like it was I think it was great that we got an in state team for this first final. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it would have been a very different thing if it was like a Collingwood or someone. Mm. Um, so it was great to be able to have like that dominating fan base. Like watching the game back yesterday and yeah, like the boundary line commentators and stuff are saying they literally can't think of a, a louder game mm. they've ever been at. And I believe that. Like we were bloody raucous. Yeah, was that the best crowd you ever um, oh. been a part of? And what was Gotta that? Be. I kind of want to get your take on this again because the last game that you went to of AFL football <laughs> was the Hawthorne. Hawthorne game. You had had sort of like Essendon into Gold yeah. Coast into Hawthorne. Correct. How <laughs> different and, and what was your kind of feelings around just how big? Obviously, it's a finals crowd, so it's the anticipation is bigger, but yeah. you maybe haven't experienced the, the rise of the noise since no. we've, we've had this run, how was that for you to experience such a, a raucous crowd? Were you sort of overwhelmed at any stage? I just really keen to, to totally. hear your thoughts on it all. 
I think so. I think so. I I feel like I had the the top tier like favorite game I've ever been to would have been Richmond round one last year, mm. and like that was the f- first time I really felt that like Carlton mm. dominated passion passionate crowd. Yeah, I feel like you and I reflected on like the Gold Coast game, or it might have been with someone else. Like the crowd was very different at that Gold yeah. Coast game. Like it felt like all the fair weather supporters had fucked off. It was just like it was the it was the real people that were looking for Carlton Payne went to that game because it was like if we lose this game now, holy smokes, this is going to be bad. So it was a bit of a like bit of a more chill, calm atmosphere mm-hmm. for that fifty point win. Man, it was just. Yeah, I was so swept up in it. Like we were all, all the Carlton people around us, a high five and like randoms high five and hugging during the game mm. with the goals. Everyone's chatting. Like it's just, it's so special to be part of such a big club like this. And oh, I love that you've said that. And how good? Obviously, it's different for this game since there was three Sydney supporters in the whole stadium. But the fact that the Bays tend to be for the most part like very Carlton defined, very opposition yeah. supporter defined. I found that that was almost made the atmosphere so much better because you just knew you were in yeah. a complete Carlton section. And I was, I was totally. similar to you. Like my bay was absolutely rocking. You had bloke next to me, never spoken to, never seen in my life. All of a sudden we're best friends and we're high-fiving yeah. and we're trying to figure out how much longer's to go in the game and oh, you know classic, i've got a yeah. bloke to my right trying to start some chance that started getting me up and about to try and start the the carlton atmosphere up up on level two it was it was just <laughs> an exciting thing where every single supporter was trying to get up and about was enjoying the moments and everyone was on their feet for every little thing it, it was how good just a whole nother level it's 10 years of pent-up I don't even know what that was just expelled in, in that Literally. contest, in that full game. It was beautiful. Uh, I want to touch on a couple of moments that we might delve Please into do. now, but we'll obviously expand on them as we go through them. One little one was I thought Chera's goal was big for me. Yeah. That was one that. where we'd had a few lovely set shots that you maybe like a Jack Martin, Cunningham, yeah. where I'm thinking like, oh, wow, we're really, we're nailing everything here. <laughs> when Chera kicks that one against the tide, you're just going like, oh my God, this is, this is a different game. Like this is ours. We're not kicking these in a losing game. And to start yeah. to get some momentum from that, I just felt that that was a big spark. Was that goal? Did that Love goal that. hit anything for you? Was there was there any other <laughs> moments like that? I definitely did. I didn't put it in my top four, but there was uh, like I I will remember all eleven of these goals like in their own mm. in their own right. But the the fourth thing that I put down as a fade moment was the Acres goal because it was yes. such oh. a like it was just such a release valve. Like I'm looking now, so the. The second last goal, I believe, mm. that we kicked was the Crips one. And that was the 21-minute mark of the third quarter. So it was over a quarter between mm. goals. Um, yeah. What a moment. Like, just the whole play leading up to it. It was just rising and rising and rising until he puts it over the line. And Jeffrey-esque. There was, there was such a tension 
building. And yeah. that's I definitely started to get... I'm not going to say that I wasn't nervous throughout this game because that would just be a lie. But what yeah. I maybe am surprised about was the level of nerves. I've been more tense for games far less important than this sure. one. Again, something that was that. insane. But there was still clearly a, oh my God, like we can't be doing this. We can't surely <laughs> drop this game. We just need that one moment. And I assume I was similar to you where I don't know what came out when that goal was kicked, but like, yeah, I don't think a goal has ever gone in and I have just, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was like, I just looked to the heavens and expelled anything I could <laughs> out of me. Just being like, Oh my God, that was it. That was, the moment of we've won this game finally. That was just such yeah. a relief, such yeah. a mental release. It felt like I was about to faint when that goal genuinely went through oh, because I had moments. Everything, like, like you said, um, the last time we kicked a goal was the third quarter. Everything was building to that moment. It finally happened, and it was just like a oh my god, it's happening. This is it. Oh. And it almost didn't happen, but. Acres was massive. Did you have anything else you wanted to touch on on that on that massive goal and, and your reaction to it? Because I thought yeah. level two was about to collapse. It was it was that raucous up there. <laughs> I think you and I were similar for once uh, because the, I can't remember if it was this moment now, but there was a moment where I stood up and cheered for a goal, and then I had to sit right back down because I was like lightheaded. I was like, mm. I gave that one <laughs> a little too much there. That was. Uh, <laughs> There's there's celebrating and then there's yeah what's gonna happen when we win this game uh, yeah this is gonna be very emotional <laughs> I definitely got a bit dizzy and uh, I've seen a little bit of the you know like in the cartoons when all of a sudden they get a hit Spinning. on the head and stars genuinely that Literally. was going around my head a little bit for that one other <laughs> clear clear there's two moments one bigger than the other that were moments of the game clearly it's Blake Acres again. Yeah. The, t the hand of God, twice. Our season feels like, and maybe this is another comparison. Oh. I'm sure Jeffy Garlett one that is that I have seen the, the incredible footage of, of chopping those two clips together. But yeah. last year, I don't know if I'm drawing something into this that maybe isn't there, but last season, a turning point felt like the Jack Nunes touched not going our way against Richmond when we're mounting a comeback. Sure. Yep. And it felt like everything past that moment in the season sort of really started huh. to decline and sliding doors. What about that? Damien Barrett moment. That review goes our way, a 50-50 call that you don't really know what's going on. Did he touch it? Did he not? Maybe we're probably playing finals. We might have won that game. Who knows? For this season to also have such a big moment with the arc. You've got Caleb Marchbanks. It's our friend. Definitely touched it about seven times with every part of his body. Uh, that is confirmed. But then to have yeah. Blake Akers twice with one arm, particularly that second one, and then being able to, to look back and actually have the perfect photo taken to show clear and def definitive once and for all that How he did good. touch that. I mean, that there has to be, again, some weird footy god script in these little moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was our game to win. 
I think. It was it was all on our side. They weren't going to let us lose this one. After all the heartbreak. Yeah. I wonder if uh, if he's going to trim those fingernails this week or he's going to let them just grow another week and hopefully get another couple on Friday. At what stage can the players, like, I don't know, last five minutes of a game, maybe, like, mm. not the massive foam fingers, but find if you can get a smaller <laughs> one, paint it sure. skin tone, strap it on to mm. your hand and see if maybe you can get away with uh, just extending the fingertips a little bit. I think with the quality of the arc, if you saw that on the arc footage, you would believe that it's just a real giant hand, no matter how shit it was anyway. So, I think so. I think I yelled at one stage for that second review, which probably oh, one of the many God. things I yelled throughout the game oh, didn't no. get a giggle, but you, you, you land it, you it. throw enough at the wall. One's got a stick was just... Mate, he's clearly one of those pixels has been touched at one stage. So that one got a bit of a giggle. I was very happy with that. Um, on the, that was probably a sympathy, honestly, for the, the trash that I was talking up there. Um, oh, my favorite part about going to the football is you with you is a few of those lines that you throw out there where I'm like, oh, I don't know. Oh, don't that know one was that no one. good. What are you doing, mate? Uh, yeah. Uh, but it's let's swiftly move on from that one. There's some other stuff I do want to talk about, but I want to land on this, go to some listener questions, so we hopefully sure. don't trample on everything that you guys have asked, which we normally do because yep. I ramble and I talk a lot. But let's let's go to that those last few moments. Yes. Last Ugh. five minutes, last 10 minutes, last quarter, and I want to know everyone else's thoughts, feelings, emotions, what they went through, what they felt at the siren. Put it in the comments. On YouTube at Navy Blue Corner is where you can let us know on whatever preferred social media you interact with us on. The last few minutes of the game, Lockie, how were your emotions? How did you see that play out? Were you confident? Were you worried? Were you stressed? When were you were you tracking it on your phone to see the clock? Run me through it all. And then wow. finally, when that siren went, just just I want to I want to know your experience. I think when, oh, geez, no, my confidence went fully out the door. I think once they started just kind of peppering us with inside 50s after that acres goal, once it got back to 12 points, it was like, oh, this has just got like an ominous feel to it. Mm. And we were just doing the same thing. Kick it long, down the line. They run it back in, intercept, long down the line. They sent it back in. It was like, are we going to do anything different? No, mm. we're not going to do anything different. <laughs> um, yeah. Once that McLean goal went through, it was like, holy shit. Are we going to lose this in overtime? Is that just, <laughs> is that just the most Carlton thing ever to happen in this game? Um, yeah. So no, my brother was uh, on the AFL up getting the countdown for us and, I guess once Newman took that mark, definitely, definitely a few tears came out from me because it was just like it was just an overwhelming mm. emotion of happiness, like the relief of it all, like just so built up throughout. Obviously, the game and the week um, just came out at the end, and yeah, like I said, I I can't remember a, a happier time watching Carlton than the moment that that siren went and the whole crowd went up. It's it's so special. Um, it's hard not to get like emotional talking about it, which feels I know. so. It feels 
like a part of me wants to just be like, mate, it was an elimination final. It means fuck all. But no, like I, I think those that are genuinely trying to peddle that, like Stevie Johnson, genuinely. Oh, how shut good the is that take? Fuck up. Like, have a worse take. What are you yeah. doing, mate? Seriously, you, you, you're not the smartest man. Maybe stop trying to get your opinions <laughs> out there, which is maybe rich coming from me. But like, from everything we've been through, the limited experiences we have had you literally it could be another 10 years before we have this moment again it is finals are so hard to get into how many clubs haven't made finals in how many years how many clubs like essendon haven't won a final in how many years it's you don't know what's going to happen next how long things are going to take you need to latch on to everything and being a fan is enjoying it and embracing it and that was the attitude i tried to take going into the game of just breathe it in how long? How long have you? How much have you longed for being able to sit at a final and just have the yeah. national anthem be played and, and oh, the roar afterwards? The it's the little stupid moments that us fans in our age demographic haven't had. Those moments you you watch them on TV for years and you just go, "It's the little things I want. It's the, the roar before the first bounce. I just want to be able to experience these yeah. things." And when we were so young, the first time. We experienced it. Yeah, I remember a lot of it, but wasn't as invested. Didn't understand football. Didn't understand life. It just did not mean as much as it did this time. And for me, watching those last couple of minutes, there was still a weird arrogance and confidence, particularly when that Acres goal went in. I thought, okay, game done. Then there were some hairy moments. But Jack Martin starts stepping up and you're going, okay, we just keep taking these intercept marks. It feels like one of these has to be the intercept mark that finishes the game. I know. Rather than one that just goes back to them for another inside 50. Then they just get another another of many throughout this game of just shit goals. Another reason why we deserve to win this game for me. I felt like our goals were so much more deserved, whereas we probably gave them a few. Sure. They were so scrappy and nothing goals it wasn't individual brilliance it felt a bit like the ball bounced the right way it goes through martin's legs different things like this and you think yeah oh this is this is this is shit and there's like 30 seconds to go i've got the got the afl app in hand just counting this down my thoughts were as long as they don't get this clearance if we make this a stoppage we've won the game that's what i was telling myself we get the stoppage and immediately it's well, we need to get another stoppage. Yeah. <laughs> the goalposts have shifted immediately. <laughs> and then... That's such a commentator thing to say <laughs> where they're like, if they just get the next goal, they'll be fine. They get the next goal. And it's like, well. Well, okay. Maybe you, you're uh... talking shit. That means nothing. Like anything could happen. And, yeah. and then, yes, the moment arises even before the Newman mark. As soon as it was like scrapping around, I, again, way too confident. Don't know why I'm not stressed. Oh, God. I let out yeah. a da-da-da-da-da in my seat well and oh truly early God. before the mark. So I was like, this is ours. We've won it. We've done it. And then, again, you can't script it. There's something so good about the raw 
of the crowd at that Newman moment where every person in the crowd knows that we've now won the game and then have immediately after by an even yeah. bigger roar. It's How like good. if you had any breath left in your chest to expel, it's coming out now when that siren was there. And it was just, yeah, it, totally. was, it was euphoric. It was incredible. And I reckon it's probably the first time since 2012, 2013 that after a win – Got the jam donuts afterwards, lined How up, good. got them. And that is just one of you those moments those. now that it's like, let's go. Only winners get the jam donuts after the game. I was ready to slap some out of some Sydney supporters' hands saying, <laughs> what are you doing, fellas? These aren't for you. You are not allowed to have those donuts. Get out of it. These are for winners only, you idiots. But uh, I'm surprised you said you lined killed. up for them. I thought you might have just, yeah, just walked straight I'm out. I'm handing them out. I'm <laughs> I'm behind the counter, throwing the donuts out. Yeah, you're a winner. You're a winner. That's all right. You're, Someone will you're pay finally for doing our. <laughs> you're finally doing the food truck business, which is but jam donuts, not the uh, not the, not uh, the snow cones. Snow cones. Oh, that is a great. Uh, one. I had a, I had a couple of things from what you just uh, what you just said there, which was great. I mean, I didn't put negatives. I put improvements after yes. watching the replay, and one of them was it. It's ridiculous that Martin and Gov. Both took intercept marks in the last minute, and yet they still kicked a goal with 30 seconds to go. How do you get two intercept marks within 30 seconds, and they mm. still manage to kick a goal? Let's not do that on Friday. Yeah. Um, and to your point about the, like, you know, we might not... Uh, I, I can't remember how you said it. Like, we might not experience this again for another 10 years. Mm. Like, this feeling we may never feel again. Like... Hopefully, we never have another 10-year finals drought. Hopefully, we never have mm. to go through like a rebuild like this, all the heartache. As as I was kind of looking forward to the game over the last week, I was watching some old like, like you know, finals stuff from other teams. Mm. And I'm sure it has to be up there for you. One of my favorite non-Carlton moments of all time is the Nick Davis four goals in the last oh, quarter. Special. Um, and that... And that got me emotional watching that like on Thursday night or whatever it was. And you think about that, like how insane all of that was. That was set like a 72 or whatever it was year drought for Sydney Mm. for a flag. So like, I think there's other teams, like I think Sydney people, when they see how we as fans reacted to this, they could look at that and be like, understand it. Mm. Whereas maybe like a, you know, our Collingwood friends and people like that, they're the ones that are like this. Yeah. I don't understand why you would get so excited about elimination final, but yeah. So hopefully we, hopefully mm. we will never have, you know, have to feel like that again, but we, we may never have a more special game than that because of just what everything that it meant. Mm, yeah. And oh, we did de- look, we definitely will. Cause we're winning the flag. Uh, like your prediction exactly. was at the start well, of true. the season. And, and when that does happen, which will be very soon, that feeling is going to be days. incredible. But it's it's just those little little moments that you've we've had to, because of our predicament, think about, imagine what it's just like to play in a final. Imagine what it's just like to go and see your team play in a final. What's it like to win one? These are things that I think some supporters obviously do take for granted that they go, well, every year we're pretty much in it, you know, like Geelong fans and things like that, that for most of our teenage adult life has been, that's the constant. 
this team's in it. You just kind of know every single year. Yep, you're going to be playing finals. It means a lot more yeah. when you haven't had those experiences. And when you've got the best best fans in the game, the loudest fans, everyone's saying that's not only just the loudest Carlton game, but the loudest game they've ever had. And it wasn't even a grand yeah. final. We'll be hanging off the rafters when we make the oh, grand final. It's going to be absolutely ridiculous. And there's still a lot to talk about from this game. We're going to be going long because this game deserves it. We're doing finals content, but Lockie, before we go into what I've got written on the run sheet, I want to go to some listener questions. And if you want to get your listener questions in, always, 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 I chuck them out on Twitter at Navy Blue Corner. Normally after the game, there's a post that I throw out there for you guys to reply to. But if you're not on Twitter, if you're on another social media where you interact with us, or if you just like the emails, we've got that too. All links mm-hmm. to socials and the emails that. are in the description, in the show notes, at Navy Blue Corner is the socials. The Navy Blue Corner at gmail.com is the email account. Feel free to just send them in, DM us, do whatever you need to do. We'll take a note of it. We'll make sure that they do get answered, but Twitter is the place that they happen. Lockie, I'm expecting after a big game that there are some incredible questions and I can't wait to get stuck in. What did the people have? We've got plenty here. So I'll roll through uh, a few quickly before I shoot you a spicy one. Um, So from our friend, Anthony, Lone Wolf Ant, um, they said, how good was the captain's goal in the third quarter? Obviously we've put that as one of our top tier moments of the game. Just unbelievable. Mm. Um, From Brad Nickel, please give some love for Matty Cottrell fellas. Thought he thought it was his best game he's had for the club. Agree with that? Yep. Yep. Same with Breezy. How good was Cottrell? He's been he's mainly been consistent all year, but surely that was his best game for Carlton. He was massive. And as we've touched on, I mean, like yeah, you need some players to step up. And he's had he's had a good track record against Sydney, obviously, with that match winning goal in the in the COVID season. I definitely remember yeah. that one fondly. But Cottrell just you don't know if you're ever gonna get that again. Maybe not. Maybe that's the best game the man will ever play. But if that's the best game of Matt, Matty Cottrell's career, I'll tell you what, there's a stage to do it on. And yeah. it's absolutely special. I, I love to see it. It was, it was perfect. We needed goals. We needed tackles. Yep. You know you're getting a bit of fire from Matty Cottrell. The passion. Uh, from Matt, he said, Akers is the most improved player in 2023 for us which is interesting. Uh, another individual collect here from SC. Was it Walsh's and Saad's best games for the year? Both were very Ooh. good. Thoughts on that? Walsh, was incredible. I gave him, he was spoiler, good. two votes. Thought okay. his midfield work was <clears throat> perfect. When we needed someone to move the ball out, work rate, the the late spoil that you, you mentioned earlier in this episode, yeah, thought he was instrumental. I don't know if it was his best performance, but also mm. I don't know if I can specifically state what his best ever game for us is, weirdly. I don't know if I've got one yeah. off the top of my head. Not sure if you do, but it's definitely up there. No. Um, who was the other player, sorry? Uh, the other one <laughs> was Sadi. Oh, yes. How good was the that wolf? Was, oh, that's the loudest the wolf's ever been. That was big. Boy, was it. Enjoyed that. That was that was electric. Definitely helps the atmosphere and the vibes. Another, another one where we needed some of our more experienced 
top players to step up when I think that yeah. we obviously weren't able to give Charlie the access, the, the clean shots at goal. We'll yep. touch on Harry at some stage throughout this. Cripper was down for a little bit, got up in that second half a lot more, but we weren't getting that output from some. We still needed, you know, guys like Weedering to step up, who I thought was incredible. Guys like Saad to do what guys like Saad are able to do. And yeah, there's so many different individual performances you can highlight, but I think Saad's yep. decision-making was one of the definite... <sighs> shining lights of this game when there was maybe a few not so great decisions being made by a few out there. <laughs> not to get too negative. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I, I put Sadi in the very top tier for this game as well. Um, from so Raceboy458, what was your favorite moment? For them, it was 100% the Crips goal. What would you put as your number one? Number one? Oh, Acres goal. Acres yeah. goal, I think, is it just for the moment of what it meant at that stage. And yeah. then seeing that clip of Jeffy Garlett afterwards where it's like, how many times, one, do we actually get a goal where you're running into an open goal? That feels like it doesn't happen in yeah. that big a moment for a player that had so many big moments in the game. Just for what that meant, that was mine I know you normally don't like answering all the questions. You like throwing them to me, but you're number uh -huh. one, Lockie. I need oh, yeah. an answer from you. You obviously know that we have the exact same answer. Um, yeah. No, when I think of all of them, I put that at the top, apart from obviously the siren, but that's not a play. Yeah. No, I love it. Uh, from Jace, uh, we've kind of covered this as well. Is that the greatest Carlton atmosphere ever? I can't remember anything like it. Epic. Yeah. That was, that was, but I think. Gotta be. The one you mentioned, the Richmond game, I think was the yep. end was electric. The whole game probably wasn't like that. No. That was the loudest anything's ever been. I don't recall the Carlton Essendon game being like that, the final that I have been to. Yeah. That obviously there's Neither. factors of it being like 90%, if not more, Carlton supporters plays a role. But I think yep. even if you take half of the – supporters away the noise that each individual was bringing to everything the amount of the slow Carlton chant that we brought out after Sydney started their slow oh, one gosh. and we're like I'm not having this shit <laughs> fuck you we're stealing your chant we're doing it instead I love that kind of shithousery banter between the fan bases and you're gonna start singing we're gonna start singing even louder we'll drown you out the jeers as well when they had players taking shots at goal late in the game where we need we need to put a bit of pressure on inside 50 and defensive 50. All of a sudden, you hear the noise ramp up. These are the little things that I, I'm enjoying us finally all collectively buying into because if all of a sudden you're an opposition player and you've got the ball under pressure, or maybe you're not under pressure, but the crowd are going, oh, that surely yep. has to make you second guess just a little bit. 100%. Very well said, mate. But I think it's time. You kind of, you touched on it. We have been going for over an hour and we haven't mentioned it. <clears throat> We've got a couple of questions mm. about this. So from Luch, mm. how much money should we invest in a full-time shrink for Harry's yips? The rest of his game is fine, but you can't have those two misses, not in a final. Both were momentum mm. changes in the game. Mm. What, what are your thoughts on, obviously, Harry's game, those moments and 
and obviously we're not going to have him on Friday, sadly. Yeah. Oh, it's he's one of the last people in the team you you want to have those poor moments, particularly yeah. through his struggles. I think in front of goal this year, the first one. I think when it happened, you kind of just go, oh, that was really bad. Yeah. Sometimes Harry has a couple of issues. You just chalk that one off. Don't worry about it. Get the next one. And then start the third quarter. If you kick this goal, we're six goals up. Game yeah. probably done. All of a sudden, the positivity that maybe Sydney have brought out from the change rooms to start the half going, okay, maybe we're still in this. Yeah. Harry takes a great mark, 10 metres out, directly in front, misses. They go down, kick the next three, I believe it was. Massive momentum killer. Who knows what would have happened if he does nail that. It's concerning, particularly yeah. that set shot for me. In Sometimes he goes for the snap, sometimes he doesn't. I'm not educated enough to understand how to fix this. I'm Maybe. well aware that from hearing little bits he said on his podcast that he's clearly working on things and yeah. trying to get around whatever issues there are. The club, I'm sure, are doing everything within their power. They're paying him a lot of money, so he's a big asset to the club when he's fit and firing yeah. in front of goal. He's a match winner. So clearly... You need to try and get the best out of him, and I believe they're going to be clearly doing everything they need to. But, and I'm interested yep. to get your thoughts. I know you're probably angling for a question, so sorry to cut you off. Keep that no, one no, in no. Back of your head. But Not at all. Apart from what he did in front of goal, I really liked Harry's game. I don't know how you felt. I thought his work higher up on the ground, creating a contest, taking the grabs the pressure, everything he was doing was really good. He, he clear two goal assists to start the game as well, was instrumental yeah. in getting us those early few goals. And then when he went off with the concussion, it was clear to me the Harry-shaped hole in this side that really played a big factor in us struggling to wrestle back the momentum. We didn't have that option higher up the ground on the wing to take the the bailout mark. We didn't have someone else to help Charlie. All of a sudden, McCartan's taking intercept marks for fun because they can just outnumber yeah. the tall. We've got no one down there. There's no one else to, to have that chop out. There's no one else to help that forward pressure that Harry brings so much systematically, I think, failed when we lost that key component. Sure. And... While I think the, the goal issues clearly there, I'm not trying to take away from those. Everything else Harry is bringing is still really good. And when you take that away, we are clearly a worse side. And I think it's no surprise mm. that we played worse footy in that last quarter when he wasn't there. But I'm keen to hear your thoughts on the whole scenario yeah. and his game as a whole. No, well said. And I agree. I agree with you. For sure. I think it definitely, yeah, no doubt it exposed us without him being there. <sighs> it's hard. Uh, when, watching the game, this may seem weird, but watching the replay, I felt like he didn't play as well as I felt he did at the ground. And I guess 
trying to differentiate between how he actually played mm. and what him not being there means for everyone else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what you're saying is like without having another tool there, it like it, you know, it started to all unravel. But I don't know how many games we would have won with Charlie and Harry both playing with getting one goal from mm. between them. Like he, he definitely had some nice, he had some good moments and we need everyone to have those good moments. But he, I feel like he's, I guess, someone that we rely on to have a lot of those moments in a game mm. for it to be, you know what I mean? Like the, the benchmark yeah. is a, a different point. Like if Cunningham has like a few good moments, I'm like, that's what we want from him. But Harry have like taking a few good marks mm. and yeah, like the handball was good. I know, like I'm I'm still positive on him. I'm just like as I watched the replay, I was like, yeah, like okay, it was yeah, he was still good. He was still good, and it's definitely something we have to address mm. for this Friday, filling filling that hole. <laughs> this is maybe a dumb hypothetical to throw at you, but yeah, he kicks both of those goals. All of a sudden, like if you were to like, let's just say we're grading his game at like a three, four out of ten currently. Kicks sure. those goals. What does it go up to in, in your books? Yeah, I know it's kind of stupid because half the issue yeah. why we're rating him so poorly as well is if you maybe don't have ridiculous impact everywhere all the time. Yeah, you kick the goals, you can give it a tick. So I get that it's maybe exactly stupid to ask the question, but. One of them, two of them go in. Do you look at everything so much differently? Yes, definitely. And mm. it's it's silly that it is that kind of binary, I guess. But it's that's just kind of the it's the nature of it's the nature of this. Like always, like what what do you rate always game? Like if if that mm. goal had hit the post and didn't go through, would you say he was our worst? Like probably. Yeah. So like. But it, it makes a big difference when it's like, well, he kicked his goal. Like, he got that goal. So, if Harry had kicked his two, then it it elevates it all. Um, mm. Yeah. It, it, particularly when we, you look at our forward line, and like we've spoken about, we are not expecting Fogg to kick any goals. We're, we're not really going to get more than one from Cunners, as you wouldn't have thought. So, we we rely on, like, we, we need Harry and Charlie to be doing it. Charlie, I still thought, played well. Uh, with only kicking his one goal, like he kind of, you know, he had his good moments as well, but mm. they both need to be better in a final. Yes. Like we're not going to win every final with the way that those mm. two played. I agree. I, I think you need, while it's good to have a lot of the role players step up and, and other players take the mantle, when it comes yeah. to the bigger, bigger games against even better opposition, yeah, if Charlie's kicking what one goal, mm, it's not going to look ideal for you. You're going to need a bigger output no. from some of these stars. You can't have multiple of them dropping. And one, I don't, I don't know if there's anything to read into this at all. Sure, but I'm keen to throw it out there. It felt slightly mm. concerning when Harry took the mark on the goal square. And I think it was Matty Cottrell. Don't know if you saw this. He was the other player around there. He immediately stood behind the goals. I did see that. Hands up as a target. And I was like, I did notice that. Yeah. I kind of laughed firstly, being like, ha, oh, hang on a minute. Is he genuinely putting his hands up to be like, Harry, focus? Like he needed to? Was it a joke? Was he just trying to like? No, it can't have been a joke. Lower. Was he in a way of like, 
knowing that Harry's under so much pressure, seeing Matty Cottrell oh, okay. tell you where the goals you. are, does that sort of – is he trying to help him out in, in making it a bit more of a lighthearted thing? I don't know. Sure. I don't know there's probably genuinely nothing in this, but it was just an I'm, odd thing to see a teammate get behind the goals to tell you, kick it here, mate, when he was a meter out <laughs> directly in front. Yeah. No, I, I, I did notice it now that you mention it. Um, yeah. None of us know what it feels yeah. like to be walking in to kick after you've missed the one from the, the dribbler already. Mm. Like just how that feels emotionally. Because I sit here and I'm like, if you and me have a go kick tomorrow at the at the park, not one ball is going to go like that off my boot. But <laughs> that's not that's not what this is. Like no one yeah. knows what that feels like and the pressure and the like. This is years. This is his entire career in mm. the making. His whole career probably flashed before his eyes as he was walking in to have this shot. Looks up and sees Matty Cottrell behind the line and just drops the ball a bit funny. Mm. So it's yeah, I I, I definitely do not want to be a part of the pylon um, yeah. at all. I think you can be critical, which I think we have been, but at the end of the day, yeah. it's clear that the issues are on the mental side of things and all we can do as Carlton supporters is, look, if they're picking him, which I think they should for a multitude of reasons that we'll always touch on, yeah. obviously he's not going to play this week with a concussion, but when he comes back to play Brisbane the week after... All we got to do is get around him. As Carlton supporters, we don't need to be the ones shitting on him, telling him he should never play nope. a game again. That's that's clearly not going to be helping any situation. And I have full faith that this is going to turn around at some stage, and he's going yep. to be banging the goals in. We're still going to get a ridiculous brain fade moment because they've always been there. Let's be honest. There's always one Definitely. ridiculous moment that stuffs up. Every player has one. Harry feels prone to them more than others, but he'll be back to it. I'm at least happy that it feels like everything else in his game is still there. If he wasn't taking yeah. any marks, I'd be like, oh, no, this guy's completely shot. Totally. Yep, that's fair. Um, and at, at risk of you telling me to stay away from your run sheet, I reckon Go for we let it. this question lead it. us into the votes, which is from at Osmac1. No question from me, just love for Blakers and Martin. But who mm. is your guy's bog? Oh, Martin is stiff. Another player that I wanted to have in there that I think is very stiff is Weedering. Didn't make Me too. my votes. My one vote went to Matty Cottrell. My two wow. went to Sam Walsh. And my three was Blake Akers. Uh, given pretty yep. much my reasoning for them throughout this episode, thought Akers, full game, and his bigger moments were <laughs> the most important. Walsh in the midfield stepping up with maybe Cripps not having his best. And Cottrell's first half and chase down tackle was in, in, incredible. Massive for us. Yep. Lockie, keen to have Love your it. votes. Similar, but different. Um, like, yeah, I, as I said earlier, I gave Cottrell bog. I thought it was just like co the complete performance uh, from him. And maybe I would have given Akers the three, who I gave the two. If it was, if he didn't get that out in the full in there at the end, I was like, is he going to go this entire bloody game and not kick a ball out in the full? Absolutely fucking not. There was, there's a part of me, which I don't know if this is just how messed up I am, that like enjoyed when he kicked that out on the full. Oh, I, Cause I like there's just Because there's that literally of just that, oh, I can't believe it's taken this long. There had to be there one. It is. There had to be one moment where he's kicked it on the full. At least he's done everything else. But oh, I wonder if there will be a game that he doesn't 
kick it on the full Friday. And I reckon it's going to be the grand final because oh, they're all going through the big ones. Who did you give your one vote to? <laughs> I had to write my stiff list. Marchi, Weeders, Chera, mm. Kemp, and yeah, spicy take, uh, Walsh as well. I've, I, I gave Saad the one. Yeah, thought, fair enough. Like, God damn it. That man is just so clutch. Like he does, he's so, so rarely makes a mistake, but he's still mm. so attacking and he's just perfect. I'm just so glad he's in Navy Blue. And he's one, he's in my top tier of guys that I love seeing mm. happy after a win. Like when he's emotional, it's like, oh shit, this, yeah. this hits different. So one, one for Sadi. Now there's so many guys you could genuinely give votes to. It's hard to narrow it down to three. Uh, keen to hear the listeners' thoughts as well. Drop in the YouTube comments. Let us know yes, at sir. Navy Blue Corner on whatever social media you interact with us on. Uh, did you have any other listener questions, or are you happy for me to figure out where we're going with the next <laughs> little bit? Well, well, the next car, the other kind of portion of questions, as you would probably guess, are about team changes. I'm not sure if okay. you want to touch okay. on them. We can to a degree, but I'm going to skip a little bit. There's a couple of things I wanted to touch on because we've been pretty positive yep. throughout this. And obviously, that's the fun part. We're reminiscing. We know we won. So who gives a flying F about any negativity? Picturing yourself but, for the first time. Interesting. Oh, I like it. I know. Who would have fucking thought? Um, <laughs> yeah. There it is. But I do have a couple of negative things that I want to touch on to help us improve for the Melbourne game. So I think it gears us perfectly into this um obviously there are a few hairy moments throughout this game you've got the always i don't know mm-hmm. what we call this the running into open goal unselfishness handballs to himself but doesn't somehow kicks the goal into the goal umpire um that did end up having one of my favorite moments of the game which was us all just as fans going what the hell did we just see what's going on and just kind of still stressing a little bit to immediately look up at the big screen and Vossi pissing himself laughing at Matty Owens as he goes to the bench which I just let out one of the loudest laughters I've ever heard in a game of football of the whole crowd just being like yeah if he Vossi's laughing I'm laughing at that we had this you had Harry's two misses Kemp's uh, handball receive mistake on the goal yep. line. Multiple errors from kick-ins leading to goals. There was a little bit of pre-game chatter leading into this contest about Carlton's lack of finals experience. Do you think yep. that that played a bit of a role in the mistakes that were made and, and some of the under-pressure <sighs> moments and errors or... What else are you putting this down to? Is mm. this just what happens in high-pressure situations? There's going to be some mistakes, down to nerves, lack of experience. What's your kind of take on those and how do we kind of rectify yeah. those going into a big game against Melbourne where they're probably going to punish you a little bit more if you have some of those errors, even though Sydney, I guess, did? <laughs> My take is probably more that it is just the general final situation as opposed to purely us being inexperienced like watching three of the games over the weekend like this is not something that was just us like this is what happens in finals weird things happen and there was plenty of things from Sydney that were very uncharacteristic as well from guys that you would expect better from but that's not to say that it's not there at all and I think it will naturally get better this week 
and moving forward, like now that we've been there. Um, but then also, every other game we've played this season, there's probably some moments. I know this is more than normal, yeah. but like, yeah, like Gov missing a kick in and turning it over. That's not something that's just for finals. That's mm. we, we get we get that a fair bit. Um, what do you think? I think yeah, it's it's a bit of everything. Which to fence it, which I haven't done much in this episode, so you have maybe I'm allowed. There's to no reason to now, but like I do agree with you that like things are going to happen. There's a lot of pressure in finals. You're going to be mistakes, and we have seen clearly an issue with kick-ins. I think throughout this season, like it seemed like it was fixed a little bit when the ball movement was working well, but when we were a little bit more stifled with Sydney setting up so well, I feel like we went back a little bit to playing super, super safe of uh, Gov, Newman, whoever's taking the kick in has the ball. And it's all of a sudden, Oh, 90% of Carlton players are on the left-hand side. Let's kick long to the left-hand side. And it's just, I don't know if the, the issue of the few times we tried to go quick or, have that attacking kick didn't come off and resulted in a goal. Therefore we kind of went back in our shell, but maybe particularly for the always and maybe the camp, I think there is just sometimes an element of they haven't had the finals experience and there are just a little bit of nerves. And sometimes when you're looking at those intercept marks, we'd have a couple and it still leads to a goal maybe there is an element of, yeah, these guys haven't played a ridiculous amount of finals football. And while we have had some really close games, learnt from them, overcome issues or won them this season, finals is a whole nother beast. And I do think there is a little bit of a percentage around first time finals jitters for so many of these players, but I'm kind of confident that now that they've had that, they've experienced what the pressure is kind of like, what the atmosphere is like that, doesn't matter now. They've overcome it. They've got the win. You can't bash these boys really anymore. We've made finals. You can't knock the club. You can't knock us that we haven't won a final. None of that really matters anymore. And now we can move on to bigger and better things. And yeah, I think that the issue is just maybe a bit around that kick-ins because we've got to gift them. We gifted them two goals in that Harry's misses is two minus goals that you maybe had. I think if he kicks those two, we don't have a few of those errors. Throw Kemp's in there as well. Take two of those away, and all of a sudden, it's not a close game. Mm. We win easily. So maybe that flattered yeah. Sydney a little bit as well. That's what I was going to add. I definitely put them in different categories. Like the Kemp's mm. one, honestly, if you, if we think back to it, he like he expected to be like tackled over the line. And then mm. suddenly he had all these options. He had acres to his side, like TDK standing there. Tom Hickey's jumping up. <laughs> he gives the handball to TDK, which is f- like not mm. great, but it's fine. And then he didn't expect the handball back. Like, yeah. Cu- like, was, th- was there a then- similar moment to that? Was it the doggies game? I don't, there was a game, I swear, this it season. That camp- and I don't want to yes. single out camp. There, like, something like this happened that definitely, like, I believe he got chased down in a tackle and it was holding the ball close to goal because of this like umming and ahhing, not sure what to do. So I'm hoping that some of these things that have been more frequent issues, we uh, yeah. we kind of deal with that a little bit better next week, this Friday. For sure. 
for sure. And then the always one as well. I think I don't think I dreamt this. I'm pretty sure he said in in his like post game whatever roaming Brian or whatever it was. I need to was, see that. I didn't. I didn't catch this. I, I believe he said that he was thinking I'm going to be unselfish here. He's like Charlie's given me a few goals this year, and I won't give him one back. And if you think at this stage, we were like still absolutely rolling. We were so on mm. top. You can kind of understand how him running into an yeah. open goal like that. There's so many thoughts going through his head. And he sees Charlie to his left and he's like, "What would, what's going to bring this crowd up more than me bloody just giving the hand poor Charlie? Like you can't blame him for that, that mentality. Um, but yeah. You can't, but I think I will. Cause like, I get it, and I, I don't mind that mentality. However, part of me to be harsh just thinks it's finals, mate. You need moments. You just need to go for it. Just yeah. keep the goal. Do the simple thing because that's what finals is. It's the simple tackles, simple marks, simple kicks. Just get the goal. But ultimately, it works yeah. out. So who cares in the end? And now it's a funny moment rather than a disastrous. Totally. Oh, God, remember when he stuffed up a running into open goal? which unfortunately another player is now getting uh, coming a bit of stick for. So you can go yep. either way. But let's actually, no, one last thing before we go into slightly talking about the Melbourne game. It's the last note I have here is thoughts on the Rucks. Because I've, mm. I've seen a little bit of chatter about TDK, Pitt, how they went together. Kiki got a bit of dominance and maybe it was Pitt's best ever game that he's played for us. What was your kind of takeaway on the ruck situation and, and how that kind of worked in the final and maybe wow. other selections because we were maybe critical a bit about a Holland's maybe getting dropped March bank coming yeah. in add that to it as well. Why not? <laughs> totally. Wait. So are you saying that you saw people saying that there was some people thought that was Pitt's best game for us. Saw a lot of people saying that that was Pitt's best game for us. And they thought, wow, it was really, really good. That's, 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 that sounded that's very fun. rude backhanded for me then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I get what you're saying. To, to hear your thoughts. No, no, no. I mean, I definitely thought, I was definitely happy with his game. Definitely very, like, definitely happy with both of mm. them. Um, Like, it's just shown that we tend to win games where both of them are playing. Mm. Uh, and that kind of just lives on. Um, I was very, I was happy for Pitt to come in. Um, so, yeah, like, I... I'm happy for us to keep persisting mm. with this for next week, particularly going up against Gorn and I'm guessing Grundy's going to come in um, for old mate. Um, yeah. Do you, I, I, I don't have really any strong takes. On it. I'll also mm. just chuck in that I was, the, the thing that I was most kind of like uh, about was Marchbank coming in for the full game. And then obviously yeah. that was just silly of me. Mm. No, I think in the end, well, the changes really worked out well, obviously you get the win. So that helps, but, yeah, everyone that I was me. maybe umming and ahhing about, it's like, oh, does Motlops come in? Is yeah. it at the expense of a Cottrell? Is it a Fogarty? Does Fisher stay in the team over a March Bank? What's going on with a few of these guys? Every single player seemed to perform that I was yeah. questioning. So it, it's just definitely a good thing. Pitt, I thought, played a decent game. Thought his physicality was definitely needed at stages where maybe Hickey started to get on top, particularly... Yeah. When Sydney started winning those clearances in the third and the last, I thought he was quite big, but we maybe missed a bit of the element of Pitt at the stoppage in the ruck being able to use a bit more brute force. Mm. Still, I think he lacks when the ball hits the ground and around the ground, that 
I know he's not fast and he can't move well, but that Errol Goulden running goal, I just see Pitt like stopped behind him. And I'm like, just mm-hmm. look like you're running. Look like you're trying to chase him a little bit. Uh, I thought Taconing was fine, had some good moments. I thought around the ground, he's, he's marking late when we needed someone. Was yeah. really good as well. Probably one of the better games I've probably worked as a unit. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have any issues with it. Um, but I probably wasn't rating either as highly as I maybe yeah. saw people commenting on. That's why I was thinking, did you have that thought? And could you convince me that it was no, Pitt's best no, no. ever game for us? But I did think he was like a six, seven out of 10. Sure. Yeah. I don't know what would make people think that. Like, I, I guess the things that stand out for me, him and mm. Motlop were the only guys that didn't have a mark. Yeah. You want your Ruckman to be getting a mark. Mm. Um, and then I guess the as well. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he got his hands to plenty, um, not pulling them down. Um, and I guess the other thing that stands out, he had 61% time on ground. Again, that was the lowest next to Motlop, who obviously didn't play a full game. Mm. So it, it, there's definitely, like, I'm definitely not sold on the fact that our best team is those two. Like, yeah, I, a guy a part- that just sort of, yeah. he rucks and then he's on the bench. Which yeah, yeah, it's odd. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. That there's there's still a part of me that believes that uh TDK sauce Harry kind of mm. trifecta might be the best. But like like I said, the the results are speaking for themselves. Mm. We 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 hardly mm. lose when we have both of them. Yeah. And I thought just to touch on that, I thought Harry was a lot better in the ruck yes. in the forward line. Obviously it sets up a goal with a couple of them, but he definitely competed. Just a competing. lot better than the week before. Uh, but let's quickly touch a little bit on next week, the Melbourne game. I know there's going to be a lot of questions about it. We will do a match build-up, of course. Why not? Uh, we will go into depth into this a lot yeah. more. But we're going to be without Harry. He's in the concussion protocols. Will not play. Martin, I doubt we our lawyers can get the two weeks down to zero and he pays. I think the best case scenario is the one and then he comes back in yeah. for the Brisbane game. What are your <laughs> thoughts on the incident itself surrounding Martin? And do you have much of a thought on how to replace it and how big a loss these guys are? Funnily enough, I'm going to use my French... Uh, French? French. Back in. Oh, I actually, did you know I was in France actually a couple of months ago? I don't know if I've told you this. Jeez. Oh, that's bad. What have we been go. going for? I've almost 100 <laughs> minutes. Um, my fence sit. I, I've been thinking about it a bit. I haven't actually got my full stance yet. Come back to me yeah. in our build up for what I, where I stand on this because I, I keep going both ways. Do you want to give yours now? I mean, I also don't have a definitive, this is my final call, but I would at least throw something out as some ideas for me or oh. or the other person on the podcast and maybe, what about these <laughs> options? What are you thinking? I don't know, just something to lead off on. Uh, a name of a player that's on the list that could potentially fill the void. What are oh, no, 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 no. I'm not convinced. Oh. I was hoping for something, but I've, I've was... been absolutely stitched up. 
Just, I don't okay. know, you figure it out. Oh, I got no, no idea. Okay. You, mate. No, now we're getting to this part of the podcast, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we are. You asked yeah, me are. a question with about four different uh, forks, prongs to it. I was putting the incident to the side and I was going to get to, okay. you know, who can come in. That's so fine. I'll get to that now. Who, you know what? Who can no, come I'll, in? Who can who come, can in, come in? Well, obviously, if he's fit, Silvani will come in for Harry. Obviously. Agreed. As long as he passes his test. Um, for me, look, it was a quarter to forget, but I would be bringing Motlop in. Mm. I think to replace Martin, we need to be bringing in someone else that we know can kick goals. And that's that's Jesse for me. Mm. We heard today that Dirds is definitely out for the rest of the season. Um, mm. So that was kind of one of the things I thought about. I think bring Motlop in for a full game. Yeah, that's honestly where I am sitting at the moment as well, if I am honest. Just I've got a spicy take you. for you. Uh, because it's the Martin one, I think, is a lot more difficult to cover. And that's not saying that, like, Harry isn't, but we kind of don't have any other options, I guess, with, with Harry at this stage. And it's just bring Silvani in, whether... <laughs> he plays more forward or whether just him and De Koning switch it up, whatever's working at that stage is the second ruck and mm. forward. If you need a bigger target, I'm excited to see Silvani for the sake of how good a football he was playing before he got injured. All of a sudden Carlton are playing well. Jack is absolutely playing out of his skin. And the thought of Jack Silvani playing his first ever final for Carlton Oh my you god. You think about how much Matty Cottrell stepped up in a dream that he's always thought about. Can't imagine what kind of performance we'll be getting from Jack. That will get the crowd up. Another big thing that's going to be exciting. First goal. And it and it changes the dynamic of that forward line up a little bit. Maybe that's something that alleviates a little bit of the Jack Martin one pressure inside forward 50 and then the marking ability just shifting things around a little bit. Um, and then on face value, it feels as if if I kind of had Motlop in that team already, like you said, yeah. goal, nothing, big moment, bring some pressure. Feels like the obvious solution. But yeah, what are your? It feels like you've got a bit of a left field idea behind this, and I'm excited to to float. No, it wasn't related to these two, but just the other kind of change that I was thinking about. And maybe I can give you some. You know, this can be a little preview for the selection table tomorrow if you need some ideas if you want to throw something spicy out there but what do you think about Cunningham yeah I didn't love his game I would Neither say him and always were probably the least best performing is the nicest way I could say that we just sort of got from the output we've seen of them very low. And I think Cunningham has kind of been like that for a month, maybe. Yeah. He's dropped really off. dropped off quite a bit. He would be he would have been someone that if Martin was fit, I would potentially be looking at Motlop coming in for. That would have almost been my change yep. before Martin copped his two-week suspension. Would have been like, I just feel like we're not getting enough out of him. If we're if now we've lost Harry, we maybe need a bit more goal sense. I know we took a lovely set shot, but that's maybe a point of difference for a guy like um, Motlop to take. But yeah. now that now 
if we're making two changes, I'm not sure I want a third. I don't I know. know if I don't know if there's someone else that we can turn uh. to that will improve the team. And then are you hurting the chemistry that we've totally. got at the moment? Is there someone that you can think of to replace <laughs> him? And what are you made of? Yeah, I guess of Cunners. Well, you know me. I'm not big on making non-injury changes after a win. Um, yeah. Who else I just linked? wonder. Fish, I just wonder. Maybe? Do you just... You're going to call me crazy. I'm, I'm burying this deep in the podcast. But do you just get maybe a bit of like Nick Diagon vibe if Kennedy was to come in? Oh, I didn't even contemplate Kennedy, to be honest. That's funny. Like, we obviously have not seen him as a forward this year. Mm. But I just wonder whether it's that. So, it's Harry, Sauce, and him. He can do what Cunners does. Give him. He can give him a few CBAs as well to kind of relieve some of the other guys. But could you just see him taking some big marks, slotting some goals? Mm. I just wonder whether... Mm. I, know he will, I know he's underdone. But, again, the opportunity cost... Like, is he going to give us more? If if we're going to get the same, if if we if you knew, all right, on Friday you're going to get the same thing from Cunningham, one goal, a few tackles, that's pretty much all. Would you take a punt on mm. Kennedy? Oh, that's a big question. I'm not sure I would, just because. I feel as if team balance wise. Cunners around outside the contest maybe offers more than I think a Kennedy would, if that makes yep. sense. Because Kennedy's oh, obviously a bit more no of that doubt. inside mid. That's what yep. you're getting out of him. What we're kind of getting from Fogarty Agreed. on that role on the half forward, I've been enjoying. While I think there's obviously an option for Kennedy to, to roll into that forward line. We know how good he is overhead. We know he's good at set shot. He can potentially play that role. It's a nice option. I don't mind it. Mm. As an idea, I guess I'm just not fully sold on where that puts us with, even if Connors isn't performing amazingly, I feel like him outside the stoppage is yep. still better than maybe Kennedy because I'd like him in there winning the ball. But I don't know, totally. does, does us struggling a little bit at the contested side, do you throw another guy in there to allow maybe a Walsh to be a bit more on mm. the outside. Potentially exactly. with Akers carrying that injury and needing more wing rotation, is that an option that they have a look at if they know Akers isn't 100%? I don't mm. know. I, I, they're definitely I like the I like the idea, but yeah, I'm probably going to do the the locky role of don't make <laughs> too many unnecessary changes and just stick with that. I'd almost have weirdly Fisher over Kennedy yeah, sure. in the um, Cunningham role. I know obviously you're not trying to replace Harry's marking ability, but you're just getting a bit more mm. movement around the ball because I know he hasn't played that role in quite a while and we saw his best this season from halfback. But yeah. man, Fisher was getting so much of the ball. He was helping this distribution and transition so much by foot and by leg speed. feel like we did lose a little bit of that when our ball movement was stifled. And I was thinking, do we need to bring in yep. 
another element like what Fish was offering into the squad. I don't know. It's definitely another idea. Yep. I'm keen to hear what the, the listeners think and kind of think about that for the rest of the week to see what the team changes could be because be maybe it's a positive thing that we can do multiple different things. What do you? What's your take on Fisher? Yeah, he's my, like in my little notes here, my second kind of preference if we were going to mm. go the Cunningham route. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's so hard. Yeah, Cunningham could have his best ever game on Friday night. And yeah, just say legit. a big fuck you. So it's, it's maybe that's what we just... need. We need us yeah. to say he's not playing this week. Well, like I point. have given him the reverse moz for every other player that decided to have the greatest game of AFL against Sydney. Let's <laughs> hope so that is the case. Exactly right. I'll be tuning into the table. It'll be lovely. Um, but, Lockie, mate, we've been going for a long time. Is there any other oh. thing from this game that you want to talk about, that you want to mention before we wrap this up and uh, start to prepare for a semi-final, which we've seen a couple of these, never won one. It's about time that changes. We'll Jeez. be doing a match build-up show later this week. Should be out on uh, Thursday morning, sure. let's say. Let's say it's Thursday morning. Let's do that. Uh, anything else you'd like to touch on from this game? I think um, I think I'm spent, mate. Almost mm. two hours in. I think, uh, yeah. <laughs> like I said, best game I've ever been to. Mm. For now, until this yes. Friday. Am I right? That's big. I enjoy that. Yeah, it was just a to, to finish this off. What a feeling. We've been waiting so long to experience that. And like I said at the start of this episode, there was just a smile on my face almost from start to finish. Even when it was tense, there was parts of me just going like, oh, I've just wanted to have, have this moment to be in a position where we could win a final, to see what would happen. And yeah. I'm just so grateful to be part of the best fan base in the AFL that gets to experience a packed MCG and will have it happen again this Friday. The loudest noises you'll ever hear cheering on the baggers for another win. But that is going to wrap up this episode. We'll be back, like we mentioned, for the match build-up. It'll be released Thursday morning. So listen to that in podcast form. Make sure you follow so you don't need to search for it. And if you're on YouTube, I believe at time of recording, we're on 699. YouTube subscribers. If you're not subscribed, be the 700th. Do Come it. On. Be that person. Lift when we need you guys the most. And subscribe so you don't even have to do anything. You don't have to search for the video. It's straight there in your subscriptions. But that's going to finish this episode. Up the bloody baggers. We've just won a bloody final. See you guys next time. <laughs>